Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com and hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahachko, and uh, joining me from Coordination this week is Nebraska, Mr. David McGee, and also joining us, you might hear him periodically uh, throughout the course of the broadcast in his podcast debut, uh, sitting on my knee right now is my... My two-year-old Garrett. Uh, do you want to say hi, Garrett? Uh, welcome to the show, buddy. How you been? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we have to alert the listeners <laughs> that mm-hmm. as, as this uh, episode drops uh, on Saturday morning, we're recording the night before, uh, Friday night. And so this is not going to be the typical hour-plus uh, marathon type show that uh, I tend to have with Hosser uh, because you are, are a, a gentleman of the town and you've got some plans this evening so we won't we won't uh, take up yeah. much of your time but we're here hey, you, go ahead I appreciate that but you know what time what do you get rolling on the basketball sometimes just stuff happens and you just get going so we'll, we'll go with what we get and we'll, uh, we'll have a blast doing it so well, and that's what we're primarily here to talk about is Nebraska ball um, because uh, they're doing really well. Um, it, yeah. They are on the road uh, this past weekend uh, up north, uh, north to me, northwestern uh, um, here in Illinois, and uh, picked up a nice road win. And I liked how somebody, I think, phrased it either on Twitter or in the Slack room, uh, one of uh, the coronation geniuses that we have, and we have many, um, but it was uh, – <laughs> Primarily, it was about uh, reclaiming the NU, uh, you know, status. Um, but but tell me a little bit before we get specifically into uh, this past week's game against Northwestern, and of course uh, later tonight uh, taking on Purdue on the road. Uh, tell me your overall thoughts on on this team and, and and how they've played in the first few months of the season. Uh, well, I think I'm. Um... I'm encouraged by where they're at. Um, it, you know, going into the year, I think um, I was probably more cautiously, more uh, more optimistic about this team than than I let on. Um, just I, I thought that they really had some nice pieces. Um, a little concerned, you know, when they lost Morrow and, and Jacobson specifically last year. They lost a couple other guys too, but those are the big ones. Um, you know, sort of how how they would fill some of those voids. Um, but I was really excited about Palmer. I'd heard really good things about him. I'd heard uh, similar uh, things about uh, Copeland, but coming off of the back surgery from last year, you just weren't sure. So I was, I was, I had heard a, a lot of good things. I think I said it before. And, and um, I have uh, some people who I know that are around the program quite a bit. And, you know, I have conversations with them for each of the last few years. Um, and every year they had uh, just sort of tried to slow down any sort of optimism or, or just sort of uh, back off, like 
any, you know, any, any sort of praise that I might want to throw on the team and, and, you know, just sort of try not, try not to get my hopes up, you know? And, um, this year I got a, well, I think we have a chance, which was to me like the, the, the equivalent of unbridled optimism. And right. So right. When I heard that, which was back, which was back in like, I don't know, August, um, I, I was like, well, okay. Uh, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself here. Uh, with, with the excitement level, but, um, I, I I had some hope that this season might develop into something that uh, Husker fans would enjoy. Um, and it started off a little slow. Well, you know, you're, you're mixing in, gosh, what, four or five new pieces into the mix. Um, and so it took a little bit. You know, we saw, I think, against St. John's and Central Florida, some of those games uh, maybe didn't go quite as, um, as hoped. Uh, for by Husker fans, uh, and it looks it didn't look pretty at times, and you know that happens when you're mixing in a bunch of new players, even if they are super talented, and none of them are you know Steph Curry or, or LeBron James. So, um, uh, you know, and, and then something it, it almost felt like a, a, a switch flipped that Minnesota game where um, you know they just got pounded by Michigan State, who's really good. They might be the best team in the country. Um, frankly, you know, I, they will be in my final four when we get down to bracket time. Um, I'm just, you know, barring injury, I'm just going to just spoiler alert. Now they're going to be in my final four. And, uh, you know, so I was curious to see how they'd respond against Minnesota. And then they came out and they played with, um, passion and energy. And they just, uh, they just took it to the Gophers pretty much from start to finish. Uh, and you started to see some of that uh, swagger develop and some of the things that I've heard about in the summer were starting to show up on the court. And so um, after that, I think uh, you really saw it against Creighton, you saw it against Kansas when this team plays with energy um, that they can be really good. Uh, and so I think uh, we start, we saw that. We didn't see it as much in those games between Kansas and uh, Northwestern uh, the other day. But, um, you know, once conference play against all the conference teams, and Creighton in Kansas, we've seen, um, I think, what this team can be when they play when they play hard. Um, they've got the talent to match up with most teams in the conference, maybe not Michigan State, and we'll see about tomorrow against Purdue. Um, but most teams, uh, I think they'll match up with pretty well. And so it's just a matter if they can play with, with energy. And I know that sounds a little trite and simplistic, but I think that's the key for this team is when they play hard, they are going to be very hard to beat. I think it was after that Minnesota win when I had Patrick on and we talked uh, about mm-hmm. Nebraska ball at that time. Uh, given that that was about a month ago or so, and there's a holiday break, of course, uh, in, in there as well, how has the team progressed? Uh, Kansas and Creighton, I mean, Creighton was a winnable game. Kansas even mm-hmm. more so. I mean, if you, if you think about it and how close that one was uh, there, right there towards the end. Uh, but really some some promising things and and it seemed like uh the the general tone that 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 you were conveying uh as far as you know your preseason talks with with people in the program was uh i, I guess the two words or, or maybe, i don't want to call it a cliche but but the commonly associated phrase would be cautiously optimistic but this team has yeah. really progressed into in, into a really cohesive unit i think i think you're right um and some of the you know the 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 term that was thrown around a lot in the uh, preseason and, and things that you, you, you know, those, those trite cliches that you hear 
about every team in the offseason about how they've never been closer and how the chemistry is good and all those things. Well, I think we're really starting to see that actually play out on the court because um, they are. They, I mean, they. one of the things that I've really harped on um, for the past teams is that they just didn't seem – I don't think I don't like each other is the right way to put it, but they just didn't seem as enthusiastic as as a lot of other teams that I would see Nebraska play against. You know, the bench wouldn't be as energetic or, or didn't look like they were, you know, cheering each other on on big plays. And and um, one one of the barometers I use for that is when a timeout called, who's the first who's the first person to meet the players off the court? Um, and when it's a, a bench player, um, when it's one of the walk-ons, when it's one of the freshmen who's not playing a lot. When one of them is the first one to meet the other players off the court, that's usually a, a good sign. When it's a coach, which we saw last year and the year before, that usually, this is my own subjective barometer here, but to me that indicates that there's, um, there's not great leadership, there's not good uh, chemistry on the team. Not saying that they don't want to win or that they don't like each other. It's just there's that extra element, that, that undefinable thing that, that is missing. And you're seeing that this year, I think. Uh, you're seeing a lot more of that camaraderie, that teamwork, that um, that family atmosphere that uh, can really bring uh, a team closer together when things get hard, when you have close losses against Creighton on the road, when you have um, a hard-fought loss against uh, Kansas, um, stuff like that. You know, you, you find out really how close the team is in the games subsequent to that. So I think we're starting to see that, um, you know, and, and it doesn't hurt that they – legitimately have more talent than they've had in probably a decade. That doesn't help. That doesn't hurt. So, that's really um, a... You, you combine those two things, and I think you've got a, a winning combination. That's really a unique observation that I don't know if you know I've ever paid attention to, and I can't you know speak for anybody else, but I wonder how many others you know pick up on that. Like Just something as simple as you know heading to the bench on a timeout or something like that. It, it, the, it, and exactly how you phrased it as the... Um, I, don't, I don't know... I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase you, but it, it's going to end up sounding mm-hmm. almost exactly the same. But but when it is <laughs> when, when it is a, a a teammate instead of the coach, that means that that the word that comes to mind is brotherhood, um, it, and it's yeah. a team instead of a group of individuals. Um, you're pulling for that guy out there, even though he might be having your spot on the court. Uh, you're pulling right. for him for the betterment. Uh, and I always I I always go back to uh, this line from. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell from Miracle, uh, you know, as uh, Herb Brooks and the coach of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, the the name on right. the front of the jersey is a hell of a lot more important than the name on the back. When you're pulling right. for your teammate, then, you, you know, if you've got 15 guys doing that or, or, or 14 guys or however many people are on, you know, the team or, or if it's football, if it's, you know, 53 guys, whatever, when you're pulling for your brother and, and wanting the best out of him – then it pushes you to be better, and it makes the team better. Um, so, so that the, when you brought that up, that you know that's that's not an observation I would have made from this year to years previous. But man, that it, when you look at this team's success and and, and uh, where they're at compared to recent years, it does make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And then you throw on three, you know, five star, not three five star, but three top hundred players on into the mix. And then, hey, we're, we're cooking with peanut oil, as they say. So, <laughs> what what about Tim Miles is different this year? Um, in your opinion, uh, I 
Well, a couple things. One, this is the first year, I think, uh, since they went to the NCAA tournament that they returned the entire coaching staff. Uh, I don't think that gets, um, I think that gets overlooked quite a bit. Uh, but that continuity. Like continuity there. So. Exactly. No, we, we, that? we both came to the same word, continuity, and, and how important that is. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I mean, Coach Molinari has been there for, I don't want to say, this is his fourth year. Uh, Hunter, Kenya Hunter, I believe, is in his third year. And then, um, Coach Lewis is there. This is his second year. And, and Lewis uh, runs a lot of the offense. Um, Molinari does a lot of the defense. And then Coach Hunter, uh, Hunter does, I don't know exactly what his role is as far as that goes, but I know he's, he's, he's done a lot as far as recruiting goes. And uh, I know he's a good coach. I'm just not sure exactly what his responsibilities are. So sorry, Coach. Um, but uh, I think that has played, uh, certainly played a role. Um, and. I, you know, it, it was a, um, one of the worst kept secrets around the athletic department and around the coaching circles was that coach miles and, uh, Sean, I did not get along at, at all. And so, um, uh, and basketball wasn't the only sport where that was the, the case, but, um, I saw some of, you know, you saw shortly after I um, was let go, uh, coach miles, uh, coincidentally returned to Twitter. Um, right. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Uh, but I like in the um, conference, you know, Big Ten media days, um, and in some of the media days he had here, uh, you know, in August, September, um, he just looked more sure of himself. He looked more, um, I don't know if it was comfortable or just like he wasn't uh, walking on eggshells. And so I think the change in the athletic department um, sort of, relieve some of that, I don't know, pressure or just some of that anxiety that I, I would imagine that he had been living with for at least the last couple of seasons, especially um, last season. So uh, I think that's part of it too, is just, um, I think, uh, sort of a fresh start. Now, not, not to think that his job is by any means secure, um, but I think uh, he sort of had some of that pressure relieved to then go out and sort of do his thing. Um, on the basketball court with his, with his team. So, uh, I think that was part of it too. Uh, as far as X's and O's go, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not, I, I'm not a coach. I don't see it through those, through that lens. Right. Um, but you know, just some of those other, um, can we call them intangibles? More. Yeah. Intangibles is the word I'm looking for. You know, I think, um, I think are, are vastly different from, from the last couple of years. And I think some of that has uh, played out as far as how he handles things and how, uh, he interacts with, um, you know, his his bosses and and sort of the freedom that he has to go out and do his job. Um, I think that certainly uh, is lighter for him. So, well, let's talk a little bit about that trip to Northwestern this past week. Yeah, um, because it, Northwestern was a team that up until last year was kind of in the same territory as Nebraska, in that right, uh, you know, not a whole lot of tournament success. And they were able to, you know, kind of remove themselves from that conversation and really puts a, um, a I don't know if pressure is the right word, but so annoying. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it, it kind of makes the scope a little bit wider uh, on Nebraska now because it's like, mm-hmm. all right, Huskers, what are you waiting for? You know, um, so to go onto their court and, and pick up a crucial win, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's it's a road win. It's a league win. I mean, you're checking all the boxes. 
Mm-hmm. Everything about that was was feel good. Absolutely. So what? No question about it. I mean, since I didn't watch the game, because uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you heard him at the top of the show, and, and Mom has since moved him upstairs because he was making a lot of noise. But uh, uh, we, wow. we we tend to be much more uh, uh, cartoon centric. In the in the evenings and Sesame Streets and things like that, uh, uh, you know. Uh, That's all right. You'll get there. You'll get there. Oh, You'll yeah. come to appreciate Nebraska, all things Nebraska in, in short order. I'm sure. And, and here's the thing: but, uh, basketball. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we we catch it when we can catch it. We did watch right. the the volleyball na- uh, semis and national championship, and we yep. don't miss football. Uh, but basketball is, of course, not. I dare I? I don't want to say it's expendable. Uh, it's just not as priority. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I, I, I get it, man. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, so, uh, and, but you know what? Once uh, once we get to late February and into March, it's going to be can't then it's Then it's priority. Yeah. I, I promise. Oh, for I sure. Uh, um, I, I, I like to – But to, as far as oh, – go ahead. I was going to say I, I tend to watch the, the games, and not to say that, again, this one doesn't matter because it is a conference game and, and, and they tend to all matter, but – but uh, you know, tournament time and then postseason time, I definitely like to watch because I, I want to see, you know, hopefully the team playing at its peak and uh, right. and, and really, uh, you know, just being the best crew that that can be out there. So, um, as far as the game at Northwestern, mm-hmm. I mean, dare I ask such a broad question? But what went right? Uh, we had a number of things sort of work in Nebraska's favor. Um, one, so if you remember back in uh, 2014 and 15, uh, when Nebraska was coming off of the NCAA tournament, um, they sort of had a, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, let down year. They let down. Yeah. They couldn't quite live up to the expectations. Um, they probably were not as talented as we had thought they were, um, Still need to relive that. Anyway, uh, but I think uh, Northwestern's feeling some of that, some of the weight of um, the expectations. Um, and then they had their point guard was hurt. He was out for the game. And so he's, he's kind of the, the straw that stirs their drink. Um, and so that was their first game. I switch over to their game tonight and see if he's playing. I'm not sure if he is or not. Um, and so Nebraska was able to come and sort of uh, – mix things up and, and, and take them out of, uh, what they wanted to do. Um, but the game itself started off like your, and you may have seen this on Twitter at the time. Uh, it was a pretty typical stereotypical Nebraska ball game where you go on the road, you start off poorly. You're not really making shots. It just looks ugly. And it's just a bad basketball game for the first, I don't know, 25 minutes of the game. And then, uh, Nebraska did kind of what I described earlier is where they sort of, flipped the switch, turned up the intensity, and um, they kind of dominated the second half. Um, so they started making some shots to play a better defense. Started, uh, They were getting, you know, Northwestern was winning all the loose balls and all the, you know, getting all sorts of offensive rebounds. And those sort of disappeared in the second half. And once that happened, Nebraska controlled the entire game. Um, they shot a lot better. They, um, you know, they outscored them by 20 points in the second half. And so, um yeah, Nebraska really dominated that second half and did the things that good basketball teams do when you get a sort of a, a wounded animal. You you don't give them any life, and in the second half they didn't. They really they really clamped down. So, um, yeah, they, they did. Dare I say what good basketball teams do is they won a game that they should have won. And again, that was a fifteen point uh, win earlier. 
if we go back to, I, I guess you only have to go back a couple of weeks. Um, and this was a stat that I found to be a bit staggering, uh, especially with some of the offensive, uh, you know, teams or offensive uh, players that they had a few years ago. But, but I believe it was you, maybe it was Patrick, uh, that said that you know in the uh, UT San Antonio game, that's the first time in Miles' tenure that Nebraska's put a hundy up. Mm-hmm. Not only Miles, but Doc Tyler never did it either. It's the first time in twelve years that they had done that. See, and, so they've gone two whole coaching. Uh, ten years without putting up a hundred, which is mind-boggling. Yeah, that I mean, first of all, I I don't watch the NBA because I like some defense in my basketball. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, the, to go that long, and again, when you have you know like the Petaways and and uh, you know the um, uh, uh, Siobhan Shields and Ty Webster's, I mean, some, some guys who could put some points up. Uh, just the fact that that was the first time that they ever, you know, crossed the century mark was was a bit a bit uh, astounding to me. Um, well, I mean, the difference between this team and those teams was, I mean, so the 13-14 team that went to the tournament, they built their their resume on defense. You know, they didn't score; they weren't that great of an offensive team, which we saw once we got into the postseason. You know, um, they really got hot for ten days, and you, you hoped that that would carry over to the next year, but. Hot streaks tend to um, cool fade once yeah. they lose their fuel, right. um, you know. And so um, uh, that's you know we had hoped it wouldn't be a hot streak, but man, if you go back and, and sort of revisit some of those games, they hit <laughs> they hit a lot of really fortunate shots uh, that the next year they didn't hit, and so the next thing you know, they're uh, under five hundred again. Um, uh, but you mentioned the hundred point thing, and then and. Uh, so Nebraska, uh, when they went to Northwestern, they won uh, a road game, a road game by 15 points. They led by 17. Northwestern got a late bucket uh, final of 15 points. <clears throat> so, see if you can if you can answer this question. Do you know how many times this century Nebraska's won a road game by more than 15 points, 15 points or more? I'm, I'm guessing that. Just by the way you set up the question and phrased the question, uh-huh. it's going to be very few. Uh, should we say very, under five? Very low. So they beat they beat Rutgers by like thirty points two years ago. Rutgers was that was one of the worst basketball teams I've ever seen. So I don't even count that one. They had I don't have it in front of me, but I, uh, they had like a twelve point win in two thousand. I think eight a thirteen point win in two thousand six. But they had like one other 15-point win at Texas Tech, I think it was in 2006, was the only other one this century. You have to go back. So they had four wins of 12 points or more on the road this century. You have to go back to 1999 before the last conference, you know, before um, they had one of 15 points when they beat Oklahoma in 1999. Um, And it's like, that's how, that's sort of the state of Nebraska basketball this century. It was you, you can go back and find on my. I don't have it in front of me, but you can go back and, and, and verify on my Twitter. I had a whole string about it, um, <laughs> about what what it actually was. But it was it was when I went back and looked like. So when was the last time this happened? Because I couldn't remember. Um, I, I you know I don't remember games against against Rutgers. Those sort of they happen and then they're gone. I don't really think about them again. Right. And um, and so I've forgotten that blowout game two years ago. But beyond that, it's like I, I couldn't remember happening. It's because it hadn't happened. And um, we've had. Such sort of a, a moribund program for so long that that you know, 
it makes sense. I've seen a lot of teams come into Lincoln and win by 15 points. Sure, That's yeah. not rare, but not the other way around. And, and, and so. another thing about that Northwestern game, too, is – uh, you know, going back to really the first week of December, Nebraska, and, and again, there's there's the you know holiday break in there, but Nebraska's had a lot of home cooking. They've either been at yeah. at Pinnacle Bank or uh, the game in, in Omaha, which, I mean, you know, it's Creighton, and, and I'm, I'm sure a few of their uh, fans show out and some Jaysker fans probably attend, uh, but I'm sure that there's plenty of Husker fans there as well because it's 45 well, minutes so away. Well, the volleyball team played right after that. True. Like later that night. And uh, I think they were in what would have been like the quarter semifinal, fifteen um, elite eight. I don't remember. It, it would have been. Um, I think. I think, I think that was. Eight. Yeah, because I know uh, the Kansas game was uh, the, the night During of the Kansas the finals, game was right. the semifinal. So, um, or no, uh, the uh, final. Kansas final. game was yeah. the final. It was a championship game. Yeah. So uh, the sem- it would have so, been. Uh, yeah, the elite eight to the final four uh, that night. So yeah, that yeah. was that so would have been. Twitter, a, Twitter was full of stories of people in Creighton gear cheering on the volleyball team. And it was just like, how more Jaysker does it get than that? <laughs> right. Um, it was like, oh, my gosh. I'm sure Haas was doing that too, but, you know, whatever. I don't know. We don't talk about Haas and Jaysker. <laughs> um, but, but going well, – he's, he's not on to defend himself. So no, I mean, that's what true. Want, I mean, we'll just assume that's what happened. <laughs> if he's wearing the Blue Jays polo. And, right, right. And, uh, right. Um, but uh, you know, going on the road to Northwestern, really, I mean, again, their their first pr- probably true road game since December fifth, and uh, or, or I should say December third, the the game against Michigan State, pulling off the win, and then they got to turn around and go to another top fifteen program on uh, well, you know, later today on Saturday uh, when this episode drops, uh, and Purdue is it's an afternoon game. Um, afternoon games, I always found really really weird because it you never know how a team is going to respond is that fair to say because i mean throughout the week they're all evening games and then on a saturday or sunday you get thrown in that matinee spot and it's you got to prepare a little bit different for an afternoon game versus a night game sure absolutely and purdue's um purdue's really really good um you know they're gonna they're one of those teams that it wouldn't shock you if you look up on the final four and, and they're, they're there. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're quite there yet, but they've got probably one of the best front courts and certainly in the big, tw- in the big, uh, what conference are we now? The big 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I lost track there for a second. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they're certainly one of the best front courts in the big 10. Um, and they always have, I don't know what is in the water in West Lafayette, but they grow them tall there. Um, and so, you know, that, you know, even though they lost Swan again from last year's team, they're, they're loaded, uh, in the paint again. Uh, and they've got, and they're the best, I believe they're the best three, last one I was, I think it looked last week, and they were the best three point shooting team in the Big Ten as well. So they're a handful, um, and they're going to take sort of everything Nebraska's got just to, to be right there. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge, and, you know, they're on winter break too, so you'll, you won't have, um, I don't know what kind of student representation they'll have, um, but they've got a good fan base and they'll be active and engaged in the game. And it's going to be, it's going to be probably Nebraska's second biggest or second most difficult road game outside of the Michigan state game. And, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be a real challenge for, for the Huskers tomorrow. As you watch uh, big 10 basketball, especially the mm-hmm. road games uh, and, and you see all the other student sections and, and you know, 
this time of year, a lot of uh, student sections get a pass because they're not in school typically. Sure. Um, how are, are how's the Husker student section compare, and what steps are being taken to kind of I don't I don't know if if better the student section or make make it more organized or or uh, you know, is, what are you seeing from the Huskers or what are you seeing from other schools that you're like oh you know I wish the Husker student section did this or something similar to that sure well uh i guess my comment is um you know i haven't been to many big 10 gyms to see how they do things um but just watching on tv um nebraska's right there man um i mean michigan state's good Purdue's good um and but beyond that you know i went to iowa game last year and they were dreadful um <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk it about was, that in it a was it was bad we can revisit that later but it was bad um um but i think um you know indiana's is really good uh, uh i've never you know i don't think Rutgers has anything to speak of penn state doesn't have much to speak of uh i think northwestern's actually was pretty good i remember from last couple years on tv um i mean they have a small high school gym but their fan their students uh show out from what I understand. Um, so I think Wisconsin, I don't know about Wisconsin or Michigan or, or some of those other ones. Um, I would just be speculating on that, but, uh, I would say that Nebraska is right there. Um, at least on the, on the student section that, um, sits sort of parallel to the court there behind the benches. That right. that's always, they're always engaged. They're always, um, uh, full and, and active. So I don't really think, um, they take a backseat to much of anybody in the conference outside of maybe Michigan state. Um, so you can take some solace in that. Um, I mean, we're not Duke, we're not Kansas, but those are the elite, uh, student sections in the country. Um, We're number two. So number two. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I, I mean, from what I've seen, it's like, I don't think anything, um, I don't think Nebraska has any, any, anything to, sort of take a back seat to it all. They, they do a really good job. The, um, the iron end is sort of the, uh, the organization student organization that organizes all of, you know, football student section and the basketball student section and, um, for other sports too, but uh, they do a great job of coming up with clever and creative things to do. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not disappointed with the student section at all. Some of the other fans maybe, but not the student section. So, no, they do a great job, and, and that's uh, I, I love hearing that. Um, of course, after the Purdue game, it's it's a uh, home away, home home away away, and in in those mm-hmm. games over the next uh, couple of weeks, it's Wisconsin, Penn State, mm-hmm. Illinois, Michigan. Then you go on the road for two Ohio State and Rutgers, and then Saturday, January twenty seventh. Definitely want to get this out there for the fans uh, to uh, pack them into Pinnacle Bank Arena. It's coaches versus cancer night, and it's yeah. uh, the the hated Iowa Hawkeyes, who by the way mm. are dead last. Are bad. Dead last in the Big <laughs> bad Ten basketball team. I, I want to say it again. Iowa dead last. Hey, uh, just Hawkeye off the top fan. of your head, do you know who Iowa's beaten in conference play so far this year? Nobody. Oh, that's right. Nobody. And it's oh. beautiful. It's amazing. It's, so. uh, they have um, fewer wins than Rutgers who just beat Wisconsin. <laughs> wow. Think that, about that. That's surprising. Um, I think they have Rutgers in the next couple games. And Rutgers it's going to be a big game for Iowa. It, you know what, though? Iowa's probably going to do to Rutgers what they did to Ohio State in football. 
They're going to have that one good game. They're saving it all for Rutgers, man, because that's the team you want to show out against. That's that's absolutely right. (laughs) I do wonder uh, if if Fran is what the hot seat is like in in Iowa City. I have to imagine it's pretty warm. Do you think they care about basketball in Iowa? Like, I mean, do you think there's a – Yeah, I do think they care. Uh, Well, I think – I guess we'll find out. Um, you know, I I was more of a, I guess I was thought I was a pretty good basketball state. I know Iowa State's a great basketball school. Sure. Um, and I guess I just assumed Iowa was too, but uh, I I really don't pay enough attention to Iowa to to make us that um, strong of a case for that argument. So and, and the one thing um, I think they noticed, care. We'll, I guess we'll see. The one thing I've kind of noticed about Iowa basketball is is it it comes and goes in spurts like they'll be good for a year or two but then they're going to be bad mm-hmm. i mean it, i don't want to use the word cyclical because there's nothing really uh predictive about it um mm-hmm. it just seems like you know when, when they're good you hear about them and when they're bad nobody talks about them so it's fun that when yeah. they're bad like it, they are it, this year it, we can talk about them they may be you know um completely fair weather there which uh, I, I i just i don't know i don't care either um so uh <laughs> Uh, I just know, um, I mean, they do, they have had uh, success there in the past. Sure. Uh, most of it was before, um, the internet. Well, I shouldn't say all of it <laughs> before the internet. <laughs> yeah. Before we joined the big 10. Right. So I don't think we've seen Iowa's glory days since we've been around. Uh, but I really thought, you know, when Nebraska and Iowa played last year, uh, the game in Lincoln was a double overtime game. You remember that was, Nebraska's third conference game. They went to three and zero in conference. Everybody was freaking out. It was amazing. Um, yes, I do remember that. And uh, it, I really thought um, some of the guys that are now sophomores on their team um, were going to be the nucleus of a team that was going to be really good for two or three years, and that just hasn't turned out to be the case. Um, it almost seems like they lost. So all I don't their know. Talent. I don't know what's going on. Well, I think the only I think they're missing Peter Jock, who yes. was you know. They're all conference players. He was great, and that's that's kind of what they're missing right now. It's a guy who can go out and make a play, and so um, they're missing uh, Iowa, or they're missing Peter Jock and just a playmaker. And that's way too much Iowa talk. But to change the subject. Hey, that's okay. We we've had a great conversation. We've talked plenty of Nebraska <laughs> ball, and and anytime you get to uh, end a show talking about how bad Iowa is, it's a good show. This is going to be one of our Absolutely. best shows, uh, one of our highest uh, download shows of all time here on the Five Heart Podcast. No question about it. Uh, David, I want to thank you uh, for your time because I know you've got some plans this evening, so I'm going to let you get, yeah. get to them. And uh, hey, that you know, watch uh, watch the Huskers on the Big Ten Network. Uh, uh, watch them, you know, stream them online uh, if you have to, folks. And don't forget about January 27th, uh, the Coaches versus Cancer Night against Iowa. And uh, if you can, yeah. if you can attend that game and and uh, and and throw some uh, shekels their way and and uh, help that fight mm-hmm. against cancer, then then you're all the better for it. Uh, I'm I'm Absolutely. trying to find a way to. I, I saw that Nebraska is going to be in Champaign next month. I'm trying to find a way, and maybe maybe I can parlay a, a trip on a Sunday up to Champaign to to watch there that. One. That'd be some fun. Uh, did that a few years ago uh, and and had a good time. Although Nebraska lost, but. Such as uh, yeah, life when you're a Husker basketball. I think fan. they're one of the schools that has a good student section too. They, I, I, I agree. The the time that I've seen, been there and seen it and experienced it live, uh, I definitely agree. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I can yeah. sneak a trip up to Champaign. So, uh, David, man, thanks uh, for joining me. We, you know how we we end the show. If I 
get the ball rolling, will you will you take us home? I'll do my best. I'm drawing a blank right now, so I'll try and I'll try and jump in. I know I've listened to it a thousand times, but so I apologize if I screw it all up. No, you're fine. I'm going to tee it up with, okay. with what I say, and then okay. and then after I say go big red, you're going to say win the damn off season. Oh yeah, or, absolutely. Actually, uh, I'm it's not basketball. Gonna do that, but, you're going to say win the damn game. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tear. I'm going to tailor it just a little bit. But yeah, I Perfect. got it. All right. Uh, I'm Greg Mahachko. That's David McGee. We're from Coronation and uh, JitteryMonkey.com. Five Heart Podcast, reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. Win the damn basketball game. I like it. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to JitteryMonkey.com.